You're listening to the USCA official podcast, which takes you behind the scenes of eventing, covering all the big events, professional tips and tricks, interviews, special guests, and the latest USCA eventing news. Welcome to the USCA official podcast listeners and we have got a very special bonus episode for you because we are building up to the eventing championships at Galway Downs the 1st through to the 5th of November. It is coming up very quickly. Entries are still open at the moment. So we have got Robert Callahouse, organizer of Galway Downs and Robert we're going to pick your brains on all things Galway and everything that is coming up over the next few weeks because it's a busy time for you guys. It is that for sure. I appreciate you guys touching base with us on this. Uh, first of all, take us back to the start of the Galway Downs journey, because am I right in saying that it's actually 25 years this year? Unbelievable. Yeah, 25 years ago, we uh, moved the event up to Temecula from Del Mar. Um, we were only there for a couple of years down in Del Mar, and we moved it up here because of the the horse-friendly environment. It was a gigantic um piece of property we had vets across the street you know the hunt across the street and a bunch of people who knew what eventing was nearby and we had this idea that we would create a cci for the competitors in our area because we didn't have anything close to that on a sort of consistent basis uh, when we started galway so what was the original vision just to give our local riders here a chance to get qualified frankly to do major events. And so at the time it was called one star, two star. Now it's called two star, three star long. But we ran those competitions to give our local young riders, our, our area professionals, a chance to get their horses up to a three star qualification in California. That was the initial goal to give them opportunities to go to events like Kentucky at the time, Fair Hill at the time, and, you know, give a you know, a, a chance to be a professional in our in our region. Too many years, the sport sort of faded in and out of hosting major events between the various venues that were operating in the 80s and 90s. So we had sort of spits and, you know, start up and get going and then pull back and start up and get going and pull back. And it was uh, too too inconsistent, I thought. And so we were lucky enough to get the property down here and uh, 25 years later, we're three owners into the property. And fortunately, the, the latest owner, Ken Smith, who's owned it since 2010, has done a lot of things to make the property viable. And that's helped us a lot in giving us a, a longer future for the sport. The event is very much a jewel in the crown of West Coast eventing. But actually, I want to just ask you about you personally for a moment because what was your sort of first foray into the equestrian world and actually I know your mum was heavily involved in horse trials so how has she influenced your career choice? Well that's 100% the reason why I'm into horses. My, my um, family did eventing when I was a little kid. I was the youngest of three and my mom worked with the local hunt at the time to help organize horse trials down near the Mexican border called Pio Pico. And I was, you know, childhood memory, setting up dressage arenas and putting out penalty zones and uh, basically getting to hang out with a group of people called event riders that would make their way down to Pio Pico every year 
And that was why I started riding and I started competing in the sport and started doing competitions on my first horse cat track and tried training level for the first shot because that's what you used to do back in those days. <laughs> I think I had probably like five stops on cross country. I didn't fall off. That's a bonus, but I finished the, <laughs> finished the event with a triple digit score, but it was still a score. Um, in today's sport, I would have been eliminated for too many stops, but uh, th- then it evolved from there. I competed up through uh, the two-star, now three-star level with a couple of different horses, went back east, did a little training with Denny Emerson and competed back there for nine months um, and came back to California um, and started having a, a real job, quote unquote, after getting out of college. But the passion was always for the sport and the people and what it meant. And that's why we got started with hosting competitions. So set the scene for us. Galway now. What is the setup and where are you? Give us a give us a bit of an overview as to, to what you guys have got because it's a massive operation these days. The place has changed uh, a heck of a lot in 25 years. It's, it's really gone from a place that was a racehorse primary exclusive venue back in 1998 when we moved up there to now it's sport horse exclusive venue with some, some racehorses. But at the end of the day, the venue got nicer and nicer and nicer because of the improvements to the front of house with the wedding venue, the lodging, the, you know, the, the, the grass fields have been put in for the, the youth sports, uh, which we get a chance to uh, take advantage of. And we intend on expanding on those grass lines as we grow. And then the showgrounds themselves, my friend Ali Neil Farouchian started jumper shows five years ago. And that, energy and the, those the, the vision he had with his and his own sport are shared of course within all equestrian sports because people like nice settings nice footing nice arenas and, and nice venue and so that energy that came along with more equestrian sports getting to the property has helped advance the uh, the showgrounds and the venue and it's allowed us to double down on our cross-country efforts to get the jumps up to speed the footing as high as quality as it can be. And, you know, you just get uh, hopefully a little better every single time you run one. Has there been, I know you always want to be better every single year, but looking back now, has there been a sort of sliding doors moment that was a bit uh, of a... Yes. (laughs) You look back and you're like, oh my God, number one, how did we get through that? And then we (laughs) And you look back and there's been, you know, tragic moments and good moments and, and everything you can imagine. Uh, thank God, mostly good. And there's been some times where, you know, the venue has been in transition due to various ownership changes, the way the property is realigning. Um, and, you know, people don't really like change. So even when it was sort of a, a open piece of land with not much, um, people got used to that at some level. And then when we started tightening things up and improving things that actually was met with some resistance and we, we slid and the sport was at its low point probably in 2016 within Galway. And we since you know, maybe you take one step back and you take a hundred steps forward, um, have grown, uh, the, the, like I said, the venue and the cross country and, you know, frankly, the sports changed the, the roads, tracks, the steeplechase were, that was the game when we first started. And now, of course, that's all gone. And now the way the track goes is uh, 
very nuanced. It's, 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 it's what we're doing at championships. Now you have these tracks that go out and they hit all four corners of the property. You know, we're getting the 10 minute, 15, 10 minute, 30 course out for a, a four star. And that's the way the sport is now. And so this, the venues changed along with the sport over the last 25 years. It never fails to amaze me. You know, we look back at the long format and it was what 20 years ago this year that, that long format sort of changed. And now, you know, it's hard to remember that, but actually the sport has transitioned. You've got it. You've got to move with the sport because actually that that's vital to the survival and the success of events as well. Let's talk about this year because you have got three national championships on offer. You've got the USCF two-star long format and the four-star long format eventing national championships and you've got the uscf eventing young rider national championships presented by the usca so there's also i think the usca area six championships is that right there's a lot going on just break it down as actually how important and how exciting it is that those championships are at galway downs this year yeah it's it's incredible ironically i spoke with andrea pfeiffer who's our area chair last year about you know, the possibility of hosting the area championships. And she brainstormed and said, we need to make it more regional. And so she made the qualification standards so that anyone in any area could qualify under our standards for the area to compete in the area six championships to make it a bigger, bigger competition. That's what sort of led us thinking to, you know, the venue being to the point where we could in good conscience apply for all these national championships that we put in for. And Really, ironically, the day after Tammy wins the Kentucky event uh, in April, we, we got the notification that we've got the, the two-star national championship, the four-star national championship, and the Young Riders championships, which was just a culmination of a lot of cool things, uh, including our prominent riders out in this part of the world having great success competing at all over all over the world. And... Tammy's silver and uh, as, as a team member in Protoni last year was like, like a, a very good indication of how things were going. We had a great performance at Aachen later that same year. And then, of course, the win at Kentucky. And Beck Brightly went ribs at Australia this year in, uh, in Aachen and at other events. And then we had Jimmy Alliston competing for our country in Vocalo, nearly leading him to a bronze medal this year. So a lot of great things going on with our Western-based riders having success. And these guys have fought through all the different barriers they've had in front of them to get where they're going. And so now to bring the sport to our part of the world is, uh, I think, fitting. And I hope people get a chance to enjoy it and come out. Yeah, I, I absolutely love the point on all of those. But particularly Tammy just stood out for me there because actually Tammy has has flown the West Coast flag very, very strongly over the years. And actually, first US winner of Kentucky in 15 years and it's a West Coast rider. That, that must have been a pretty cool moment for everybody over in the West Coast as well. Sort of, It's such a strong eventing community and really enjoying that too. Um, the, the prize funds are something you're massively passionate about and kind of rewarding the riders for making the trip. There is, I think I am right in saying listeners, and I feel like I ought to whisper this because it, well, actually, no, we should shout it from the rooftops, but a hundred thousand dollars prize fund across the glasses this year. That's huge, Robert. Well, that, that was based upon conversations with people like Tammy and James and, and other people in the sport. It's, it's more based upon the fact that 
this year is the first of five years between us and the 2028 Olympics, which are coming to Southern California. And uh, it, the, the spotlight's going to be heavier in our part of the world. And if you're going to start out a year in which you're going to try and set a new tone with prize money, um, with competition level, and it was going to be this year. You know, we were given all these national championships and we've had all these successes. So we, we took the leap and we wanted to use this as a, um, as a base in which we grow from to start transitioning the, you know, the, the best of the best from being just a customer who pays for an entry to compete to someone who's the star of the show that's watched by people and earns a great prize for their success. And so the 100,000 just seemed like the right number, and it was a goal. And we're, we're now chasing after all the support we can with our various sponsors and making sure that we can support it, not just for this year, but to grow it for next year and over these next five years as we build to the Olympics in, in L.A. That's super exciting because there's not many events all around the world that can say that they, they've got a $100,000 prize fund. I mean, that is massive for the sport. Um not only have you got big competition, obviously the competition itself is going to be the highlight and the focus throughout the week. But Robert, I understand that the entertainment throughout the week is also going to um, really showcase kind of the fun side of eventing as well. There's lots going on. I'm just going to say parties, but there are, aren't there? Because actually it's people, so a lot of people are making a pretty long trip over to the event. And actually, it's going to be a really sort of all-round experience for them. They get the great competition, but they also get a great trip as well. Well, that's one thing we're fortunate with is our, our pavilion, which hosts our VIP for all of our big events, was created by myself, Ali, and Ken uh, just to help support the shows. And that came along with a good kitchen and a, a great crew that makes fantastic food. And that was embraced by our community, to say the least. And I was very happy about that because we then built on that. And, you know, we're going to have five days of parties and five days of shows and five days of VIP and five days of hospitality for people who aren't necessarily doing the VIP. So everyone's going to have a chance to be able to relax every day and have fun, enjoy the Temecula area, go for a hot air balloon ride, go do some wine tasting, go play some golf on Ken's golf course. Um, do all things that are unique to our little tourist area called Temecula Valley. Um, and we're leading the whole week off with a uh, champion's dinner on the Tuesday night where all the former winners of any of our international events have been invited. And that's going to be the, the kickoff for the first of five nights of activities. I mean, you're selling it to me, to be honest, Robert. It sounds amazing. Um, can the food I ask? Really is, the food really is amazing. These guys, I mean, food... Food is like one of the highest compliments we get. Forget about the prize <laughs> money. Forget about the prize money. Oh, the food is great. In you know, bathrooms, people talk about bathrooms like it's important. You it's never underestimate the importance of bathrooms and food. It's, it's it's crazy, but the number one comment out of people's mouths is, "But your bathrooms are so nice." Ali just built some new ones up by our our showgrounds, and the other ones weren't terrible, believe me. But now these ones are the talking point above so many other things that I actually think would rank higher. It's, it's almost comical. No, I would say they are, they are high on the priority list. One of the biggest compliments for you as an organizer must be, you know, when people make a really long trip 
to come over, whether that be 24 hours, whether it be a few days, whether they're making the trip over from the East Coast. Actually, as an organizer, when people vote with their feet, they can't really give you a bigger compliment than that. Is that fair to say? A hundred percent. Like the guys from Washington State, the people from Northern California, the people from the East Coast, from Canada, wherever they're coming from, when you pour out of your truck and trailer after driving a long way, believe me, we've been there. And when things are nice and people are greeting you, with, you know, with smiling faces and you can actually see the places coming together because you always arrive early and nothing's done. I don't care what you're <laughs> going through. When you first get there, nothing's done, done. And so you get a chance to see the event raw and how people are doing. And it's a huge compliment. They come back year in, year out and you know what they feel like when they get there and, and you want them to have a good time from this, from the start. That's a, no doubt about it. And getting them to come back again is the, the whole goal. You know, people want to have a great time, get competition going and be treated well um, and, and want to make that journey over and over again. One of the things that I think you as a team would be really well recognized for is, is the personal touch. Is that something that you have proactively gone out to do? Because every single competitor that comes is equally as important. Yeah, well, that's from beginner novice level all the way up through four star. We're doing some level of championship. And, you know, whatever level you are in the sport, this is your day to shine. So, so if you compete in championships, you're going to have your moment in the sun. But we, you know, we've grown with um, our customer service and with our vision because we've been involving more people who are involved in eventing. And I've had you know, uh, several people who have stepped up and not the least of which has been, you know, Katie Robinson, who's an event writer at the highest level. She's been helping me with a lot of these behind the scenes things that have kept us organized and have kept me sane in the lead up to these championships. Um, because without that continuity and that vision and someone who understands the sport, you just become the lone ranger. And it's, believe me, it's a huge team. It's not just Katie. It's, you got Rick out in the, in the show office and Ashlyn's joining them and Christy's helping them with stabling and scoring. And you've got our team out, Rob and Lewis out in cross country, Clayton designing cross country. Uh, Allie comes down and does the, the, the middle level tracks. And all, all these people are like the future of our sport. And they're all bringing their energy and their focus. And they all share the same vision, luckily. You know, and they're all trying to make things the best it can be. And uh, our venue guys, you know, Scott and Rolando and Guillermo and the whole team, they, they're all prepping the grounds because they know it's got to be perfect then so it's you know while we're not perfect they're, they're trying to get to a good place and that team is what helps us get there and it's been fun watching Ollie and his team do his thing and and it's been fun watching uh our guys evolve with all that stuff because you see the jumper shows taking place and you get more practice frankly because it happens eight times a year and now we get better at hosting our big event one time a year. So all these things have helped us advance our, our event. There's so many people that, that put in so, many, so much blood, sweat and tears into making an event happen. And, and actually, um, I know you've mentioned a few of them there, but even going as far as the, the volunteer workforce who give up their time and their knowledge and their expertise, everybody pulls together to be able to make that event happen. We've already kind of touched upon the importance of a championship 
on the West Coast. But one of the things that you picked up on actually, um, you know, as part of your vision for Galway Downs was very much um, kind of inspiring the future and giving opportunities to young people coming into the sport. And actually, it feels like it's coming kind of full circle with the Young Rider Championships here this year. This this feels like a really, really big moment for Galway Downs. And actually, I feel in a few years' time, Robert, we might be looking back at this as a sliding doors moment. Yeah, for sure. The, the Young Riders in our area have always had to travel. And and for 40 years, the, the closest event they have is Colorado and, and, uh, and up in Montana at Rebecca Farm. And that's still a two-day drive. So the fact that they get to do a, a, a one-day drive from you know Seattle all the way down to Southern California is is amazing for these athletes. And uh, I do believe that the the sport you know grows because you inspire a region. And we got some fantastic riders, which these young riders can look up to, that will be competing in the four star and the three star and two star. So I think it's going to be inspirational for the for the guys who've made the effort to come out. And um, for me, that's hugely important. I mean, uh, even our, uh, you talked about our volunteers, not, not to drop back to that, but that, our volunteer group has come up with a plan to make our volunteer experience even more special. Different prizes they get that, again, share in their, their passion for eventing that gets them to show up every year, you know, 100 people deep to make our event happen. And uh, all these things are exciting because... But with the sport being at the level that it is, it, it makes it even more attractive to draw in a further base of people. And to be frank, when LA takes place, uh, for, for equestrian sports, nothing will be bigger for our region because it'll be a magnet for a bunch of people who otherwise wouldn't be thinking about equestrian sports and who live in this Southern California region. And again, all of it's building over these next five years. It's a, it's a, I'm a sliding door moment, as you say. It's no doubt about that. What's the What's the dream for the future? You've come a long way in 25 years. What next? To build the thing up as as it should be to be the top level competition in the country, and to have our riders out here get the best experience they can, so they can go whatever level they're doing, come come compete and feel like they've just done their own version of the world's biggest event. And then have them build within their own experience, their own their own level of sport. Whether you're Tammy Smith trying to get to Olympic Games, or you're, you know, Robert Kellerhouse trying to get around novice course on a, a four year <laughs> no. it's it, it's really a, it's all about just developing everyone's lane to the highest level. And the sport is never going to be huge in terms of numbers because it's so difficult to do, um, but it can be always elevating the quality and the safety and the education and what the sport does at its best when done properly eventing is nothing's better and as we bring the best athletes together the, the sport will grow out here and that's all i care about getting the sports foundation stronger and giving our people a chance to compete at the highest level I don't actually think you could have summed that up any more perfectly. It is such an exciting time for sport. And actually, West Coast eventing in the next five years, it is going to be a really, really cool journey to follow listeners. We cannot wait to be part of it. Um, If you are inspired by this show and you think, do you know what? Entries are still open. Might just be tempted to go and have a crack at it. Rob, what would you say to them in terms of actually 
somebody's on the fence, why should they visit Galway <laughs> Downs this year? Because they're going to have the best time they've had all year at any event. And uh, at the end of the day, our, our experience for these guys is going to be worthy of the trip. And I, they got to try it at least once if they're, you know, have not done it once and give it a shot. But try and beat our best riders down here. Try and compete over our courses. See if you can go into the Grand Prix arena and do your best at whatever championships you're running. And uh, really experience Galway Downs at its, uh, at its highest level. You would love it, listeners. Uh, so if you are tempted, entries are open through to the 17th. Robert, is that right? I believe so. Yeah. There you go. There is still time, listeners. The clock is ticking, but you can still get your entry in. Um, it is going to be a brilliant, brilliant week. For anybody who isn't able to make it, how can they follow along? Well, GalwayDowns.net is our, our competition site. Um, we're going to be doing a live stream, of course, for the event. The U.S. Equestrian uh, Federation, through their, their uh, live streaming services, as well as Ride on Video, We'll be capturing all the, the championship classes and broadcasting them out. We'll have the, you know, Ed Holloway coming from, from Europe to commentate, and Frankie's going to be assisting him and doing interviews in the field. So if you're not able to make it, you'll be able to see the thing in its full glory online. There you go, listeners. Uh, but we hope to see you out there in a few weeks' time, the 1st through to the 5th of November, and it is the Eventing Championships at Galway Downs. Uh, Robert, thank you so much. Best of luck to you and the team over the next few weeks. I know how crazy it gets in the build-up to a big one. Um, so wishing you lots of great food, and uh, I'm sure you will all pull it off, and it'll be a brilliant, brilliant event. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Nicole. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed that sneaky little bonus episode. Caught you by surprise there, didn't we? Uh, you didn't see that one coming, but it is a really exciting event and we cannot wait to see how it all unfolds in a few weeks' time. Uh, for now, that is all we've got time for. There is going to be a very fun show out next week, building up to the Pan American Games with the lovely Sharon White. So do stay tuned for that. But for now, thank you as always uh, to Robert for joining me, but to you guys for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the USCA official podcast. If you have any suggestions or feedback, then we would love to hear from you. Get in touch through any of our social media platforms at US Eventing. And don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to make sure you don't miss an episode.